Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Nun Ches. We're going to go from the fifth last line of uh, Nun Zayin Amud Beis, 57b. Yesterday we brought the source. We said that an Arusa, a Bas Yisrael marrying a Kohen, Doraisa is allowed to eat Truma from a Rusin. And he said the reason is because that's when she's considered Kinyan Kaspar. That's when he performs a Kinyan on her. And that's what the Pazak says. Any of his Kinyanim can eat Truma. So why? So then the question the Gemara asks is, so why did Chazal say that an Arusa can't eat Truma? So yesterday we discussed the one reason. And that was because... Um, Because uh, she uh, because she might take some truma and share it and feed it with her siblings, she's staying at home with them. So like he's going to send his uh, his uh, his arusa a bottle of wine, a bowl of fruit, something like that, and she's going to share it with her family. So because of that concern, they said that she mustn't. Um, she, he's not. She's not allowed to eat truma. Then now we're going to start from today. Um, Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda is the second reason. Rav Shmuel Yehuda Amamishum Sam Simpun. He says the reason is because of cancellation. What do we mean by Simpun cancellation? We worry that the husband, when he does Nisuyin, will find some blemish, some defect on her, and he will retroactively, uh, it, will, it will be what's considered a, a Mekartos, so it will retroactively undo the Irusin. Because remember, the Arusin is done on certain assumptions that she has two legs and two arms, and if it turns out that she's missing a foot or something that he wouldn't, or some other defect that he never realized before, it would be invalid. So it would turn out that she had a bassist role who was not married to a Kohen, um, is uh, eight truma. So therefore, because of Simpun, because we're concerned that when he does Nisuin, he'll find some de- um, defect and cancel it, he is. We do not allow it to eat truma. Well, then, even if they've done even if they've done the chupa, but he's never had beer, we still have that concern. The only time he's going to find these defects we're worried about is when he's actually intimate with her. When else will he see her or or feel that she doesn't that she has some defect? He says no. No, before he does chupa, he gets her checked out. And then he will take her into Chuppah. He's not going to go as far as Chuppah and Nisuyin unless he's made sure she's checked. How does he check her? He's not allowed to be alone with her. He's not allowed to, uh, look, etc. All the, they're not mar- uh, properly married yet. So no, his relatives, his uh, female relatives will check her. He says, Eved Kohen Yisrael. Lo Mishum Simpun. If you have a Kohen that is buying a slave from Israel should also not be allowed to eat truma because of simpun, because of cancellation. What does that mean? Um, remember, again, a Kohen slave is his property, so a slave is allowed to eat truma. What would be if... Uh, so, so we were concerned that the Kohen will buy the slave from the Israel. He will eat... Uh, he will he'll eat from etc. And then the Kohen will realize some defect in the sale and undo the sale. So a Kohen slave should also not be allowed to. She says, Simpun Bavodim Laika. There's no concern of cancellation by a slave. I basically, any reason we're going to show that you might want to ca- cancel the, the, the deal retroactively, say it's a mekachtos, say it was based on a false premise, and cancel it, is would not stand. He says, why? If it's an external blem- uh, defect, 
Well, then he, he saw it. And when you go to the slave market, you're going to see the slave is missing a leg, missing a hand, has a crippled arm, whatever it is that he can't <coughs> do his work as a slave. So if you saw that and you still bought it, well, you can't claim um, it's, it's, it's got a defect. If someone says, look, I've got a phone for a second-hand phone with a cracked screen for sale, and you buy the phone, you can't say, okay, but now actually, actually I want to undo the sale because it has a cracked screen. You've seen it. So, so too, if the slave has some visible, she says, lay. says, of e de gavai, le malacha koboi, of says, no, and oh, maybe it's an internal blemish, something that's what we're concerned about. says, no, you're buying a slave for work. So, it doesn't matter if he has some, I don't know, some defect that his ribs grew funny. I'm not sure exactly what defect he's talking about. If you can't see it, it doesn't matter. So he says, Nimsa, maybe, okay, so maybe Nimsa Ganav Oi Kuvi Justus. Maybe it's where he's found, or Nimsa Ganav Oi Kuvi Justus, Maybe it's where he was found to be a Ganav, a thief, or a Kuvi Justus, I'll discuss a Kuvi Justus soon. Um, Um, again, that's Higiu, uh, the, the sale stands, Rashi says, because basically all slaves are suspected of that. So when you, you buy a slave, you know you're getting a thief. That's the, that's the assumption, so uh, why not? So he says, so, the, so my Ika, so what could be a reason to cancel a sale of a slave? Maybe, maybe you'll find out that he's actually an armed robber, he's a hijacker. You didn't realize when you hired this guy... He's, he's really he's violent and dangerous or he's got a death penalty a death a warrant out for his uh, arrest and it says capture him dead or alive so again you want to return the cell he says I don't want the slave he says Hanu those make someone famous he'd get known as a armed robber a hijacker he, uh, someone who has a death warrant out uh, out for him so again no reason to cancel the sale. Just interesting, what's this Kuvyustov? So Rashi says, Kuvyustov is, um, is a kidnapper. Tostas is not happy with that. The, the one reason is very practical. Tostas say, what do you mean? We just said most slaves are the reason you can't cancel the sale if he's a Ganovov or a Kuvyustov, because that's how most slaves are. Telling me most slaves are kidnappers. Nah, Tosos doesn't buy that. And then it says, secondly, there's a Gomorrah in Bukhoros where they came before, they, I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, the case of the Caesar said to Rabban Gamil, he says, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu was a huge thief. If you do the calculations of the, and tallying up the silver used in the Mishkan and how Moshe, Moshe's number, they don't line out. So he says, Moshe Rabbeinu was either, uh, this is what the Caesar said to Rabban Gamil, says he was either a Ganav, Kuvyustus, or he just wasn't uh, good at accounts. But, there was, but Moshe Rabbeinu's accounting isn't correct. Now, it doesn't make sense in that context. What's he accusing Moshe Rabbeinu of? You know, fraud. What's it? Uh, misadministration. What's the word? Uh, incompetent. Embezzlement. You know, that's what he's accusing him of. But he's not accusing him of being a kidnapper in the context. It doesn't make sense. So it tells us what he's saying, that a kuviustus must be um, a gambler. 
He says it often lands up. Uh, a gambler will often be a thief. He'll often end up in trouble um, because of his debts and creditors. Tosso says, ask another question. He says, okay, this. So as I've explained so far, for Turi, we have two pluses why Kuviustus is a gambler, not a kidnapper. One is that we, it's something that you can assume most slaves are. And the second one is that Gomorrah, where the Caesar accused Moshe Rabbeinu of being a Kuviustus, and in the context it's a monetary issue. So it says, however, there's a weakness to this, and that um, the Midrash says when Yaakov was wrestling, this is the Gomorrah Chulim, when Yaakov was wrestling with the angel and dawn came, the guy says, I've got to run, I've got, the angel said, it's dawn, I need to flee, let me go. And Yaakov said to him, he says, what are you, a Ganav or a Kuvustus? So when if you're going to tell me a Kuvustus is a gambler, why does the gambler have to leave by sunrise? <laughs> Now, if you're telling me, like Rashi said, that he's a kidnapper, okay, he can't be seen around town. He's going to be arrested or um, things. But if he's a gambler, why not? So he says, no, even with a gambler, you could say it makes sense because a gambler has a lot of creditors. And he also doesn't want to be seen around town. He, has to, he also has to keep a low profile. So either Satosis has supported his reason. And he thinks he says it's from the Rach, if I remember correctly. But he prefers reading that Kuviustus here means... Uh, uh, gambler, not like Rashi said, a kidnapper. Yeah, he says Venira. It seems most the correct way to understand it is like Rabbi Hananel says Kuvustus is a gambler. Okay, Rabbi Tarfun Aime Noistin Law Hakol Truma. We had a machlo. Um, Rabbi Tarfon said you can give her all truma. Oh, sorry, I skipped a line. It says Once both the one opinion holds, and he, his reason is because him she might feed her siblings truma, and the second one holds. <coughs> well, no, the concern is simple. He might cancel the marriage, and then it will turn out that she ate truma when she shouldn't have. What's the difference? Why do they argue? Why don't they say other reason? Um, because it, it implies the Mahloika. So he says, no. So, Ika Benayu, Kobal, Mosa, Paholach. Three, well, two, yeah, maybe two scenarios. What's Kobal? Um, if the husband accepts himself to marry her regardless of her defects. Uh, you can accept. I say, look, I've got a second hand phone to buy. Um, I'm just looking at it in, this, in a sale because it's easier for us to think through. I've got a second hand phone to buy. That's. Uh, what when you buy a house, they say footstoots. Footstoots. So as it is, I know uh, it might be a bit slow. The street might be a little, might be a little bit chit, but yeah, take it or leave it, you know. And he says, I accept whatever it's got with. So if he says to this woman, I love you so much, I don't, I'm accepting you either way. Then there's no such thing as some put down the line, sim put down the line, because if he comes, wait, actually I didn't realize she only had four toes. He already said I accept her as she is. So that's uh, so that according to the one who says the concern is simple and there's no concern there in that case where he's Kabel. He accepts her as she is. However, if the concern is that she might share trauma with the family, that still stands. And Mosavahalach is where the husband's given over to the agents, or the husband goes with the agents to give her over to her husband. In all those cases she's no longer living at home with her siblings. So there's no concern that she'll share the food with them. Um, but there is still a concern for Simpun. Okay, Rabbi Tarfun says you give her all Shuma. We said, remember, this was the Mishnah. He comes to, if it's, uh, he comes to the, the one of them, say, let's get married. If it's a Basula, we give them 12 months. 
And if it's an Amman of 30 days, once that time arrives, he's obligated to support her. He's obligated to sustain her, make sure she has um, enough make sure she has enough food. Um, uh, he's obligated to, He's obligated in her Mazonas. Rabbi Tarfun says, he can give her all truma. Rabbi Akiva says, no, he has to give her half truma, half chulin. Again, remember the concern is for about half the month, this girl is tome and she can't eat truma. So do we expect her to go sell the truma and buy a new truma? Or can he just give her... Um, so, so, so can he just give her truma, like Rabbi Tarfun says, or, like Rabbi Akiva, he must give her some pull-in for those times when he's not. Um, and we're going to see a few different opinions. So, Amr Abayi Machloikes, Bevas Kohen Lekohen. The Machloikes is specifically with the Bas Kohen to marrying a Kohen. Avobas Kohen Yisrael, Divri Akol, Mechzechulin, Mechzechulin. But according to everyone, even Rabbi Tafel would agree, if it's a Bas Yisrael marrying a Kohen, that it has to be half chulin, half truma. Why should it make a difference? It's, why should it make a difference that Rabbi Tafel says, if it's a Bas Kohen, then you give a full, then you can give a complete truma because she knows about growing up with truma she knows about truma she knows what to be careful with so it's fine for the husband to say oh i have to support you here's take all your food in truma she'll know her family will know they'll know to make a plan when she's tome abbas yisrael has never lived with truma she never had to be concerned oh you know sometimes i can eat the bread on the table and sometimes i'm tome i can't eat the bread on the table so therefore he she has to provide her with um with truma to uh with half chulin for when she's tome. Says Vaamar Abai Abai says Machlokes Barusa. This is all only when I've done a ruthin. Aval benesuah divrakol mesa chulin umesa truma. But if it's after nisuyin, then everyone agrees she has he has to provide her. His mezoinus has to be half chulin, half truma. Rashi explains obviously the case here is obviously not where the husband and wife eat together because then. You don't have this question. The case is where, for whatever reason, she has like her own cottage or her own house, and he sends her food. Maybe I was thinking, maybe he has a few wives, so then he's going to have different houses for his different wives. So some he sends them food. So then, once they married, I when it was a rusin, according to Rabbi, he could send her he could send her full truma. Now that they properly married, he has to send her half half. Um, Rashi explains why should that be, because. When she was single, her fa- she had her father who would take care and make sure that everything was run according to halacha and that she had chulin for when she was tomei and truma. And he would go, he'd be dealing with truma anyway, so he'd go sell some of it and get her chulin. But now that it's her herself, we're not as uh, we're not as tr- I don't know if trustworthy is the right word. We're not as confident in her ability to take care and make sure that she <coughs> does organize chulin for chulin. Oh, Rashi says strongly, if I remember correctly, says. Um, Yeah, Lefi, I think it might come up a bit later, but this far would apply here. He says, The glory of a princess is inside. Either the Jewish girl should not go outside. So you can't put her in a scenario that she now has to go to the shops, has to go to the traders to trade her truma to get chulit. We don't want her in that situation. We don't want her to be forced to go out. Yes, but if it's, she's staying at home, then her father will do it. So basically a coin, a coin that's married, um, husband and wife, when she's uh, in Nida, they can't, they can't have the same meal together because he's going to eat truma. Well, he doesn't have to eat truma. He doesn't have to eat truma. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. That's, uh, he, a Kohen doesn't have to eat truma. He can eat chulin or truma, so he'd just make sure oh, at those times, if they're eating together, to make sure to have chulin. I mean, but if you think about it, it would be much more difficult because remember, like when a Nida sits on a chair, the yeah. chair becomes tome. So if you have a Kohen serving in the base of Migdash or he's eating truma and all these things, they're going to have to, in some ways, 
have a, at least to some degree separate house or separate furniture or make a plan, things would be a, we we think that it's a mission nowadays. You know, we don't uh, pass things to each other. Whatever the harchokas are, if you were a kohen or someone who was careful about tumen tahara, it would be much more complicated. Okay. Um, we have a price in line with this. Rabbi Tarfan says you can give, when he's obligated to provide mazonos for his wife, he can give her all truma. Rabbi Kiva Oimer, Rabbi Akiva says that must be half full and half truma. This is all with a bas coin to a coin. But if it's a bas Yisrael marrying a coin, he definitely has to give her half, even a contrary Tarfan, he must give her half chulin and half truma, as we explained, because she doesn't know to be so careful she's done. She doesn't know the Chulin Truma traders, etc., so she won't manage it. This is all limited to an Arusa. Again, if, she's, if they're married, then he has to provide her with half Chulin and half Truma. Rabbi Yehuda ben Besayra, I mean, Rabbi Yehuda ben Besayra says, Noislim lo yado shel Truma, va'achas shel Chulin. It's a third opinion. Rabbi Yehuda, he says you give her two, sorry, shtei yado shel Truma, two parts Truma and one part Chulin. I, it's, it's, you don't have to give her like Rabbi Akiva says half truma half chulin. You can give her on a ratio of two to one. Rabbi Yehuda, Amen. No, Yisim Lach Kol Truma Vihi Moicheres Velokeches Bedamim Chulin. Pardon, did I leave? Rabbi Rabbi Yehuda says you give her all truma, and she sells it and buys chulin. Wait, is Rabbi Yehuda not the same as Rabbi Tafan? Didn't Rabbi Tafan say you can give her all truma? And here Rabbi Huda is saying you have to give it all truma. So they point out an interesting distinction. Rabbi Tarfun holds that he needs, she needs, I don't, watch, uh, I don't remember that, she needs a kilogram of flour for the month. So he can give her that kilogram in flour in, tr- in, in truma. The problem is she's now going to have to take half of that or some of that and sell it. And remember, it's it's, truma has less of a value because... It's much more restrictive. Only Kohanim can eat it. They can only do it when they tahar. If it becomes Tomei, you can only burn it. So, so people are much more reluctant um, to deal with, to, to have truma. So it would be cheaper. So she's got to now take half of her flour, truma flour, and exchange it for chulin flour. She's going to end up with less. But Rabbi Tafel is not worried about that. Where Rabbi Yudha says, no, he has to give you enough that she can sell it and buy with the value chulin. Right, so he would have to give her enough truma that when she sells that truma she ends up with the amount of chulin that she needs that's the difference between them another opinion any time it says that he has to give her truma or you're going to say it's truma you have to give her double the amount of chulin my beinehu Oh, what's the difference again between the, who was it, Rabbi Yehuda ben Basayru, who says it's two to one, and now Rabbi Shumam ben Gamliel, who says that it's two to one. So, Ika tircha, no, the effort she has to put in. If she pushes and works hard and finds the right deal, she will be able to get, I don't know, uh, 60, 60% in the rand for her truma. But it's a mission. She's got to find the right deal. She's got to find someone who's keen, someone who really wants it. It's much easier. If she only has to get 50 cents in the rand, she'll be able to sell it much easier. And that's what uh, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel is saying he has to do. He has to give her enough truma that she can sell it at a cheaper price and still end up with the amount of chulin she wants so that it's easier for her to sell. Um, interesting, yeah. So the ratios would have to do with either how easy it is for her to sell, how uh, does she have to end up with the same amount, etc. Is it uh, 
one to one like Rabbi Akiva, is it two to one like the other opinions, etc. But let's go on. We said that the Yovam does not enable his wife to eat, not his wife, his Shomer, Yovam to eat Truma. Now, my timer, what's the reason? Kenyan Kaspa, Omar Rahmana, Baha'i Kenyan to Achifu. The Torah says it's a Kenyan Kaspa, and this is not his Kenyan, it's his brother's Kenyan. When the brother dies and she falls in Yibum, then she's not his, she's his friend. So now, um, so just interestingly, she, she loses her right to, uh, she, or we'll see, does she actually lose her right to eat truma, but she would no longer be allowed to eat truma based on her husband. Um, yeah. Now just to understand the next piece, which says, Osto, Shisho, Chadoshim, Bifnei, etc. The Gemara comes along and says, it says the Yovam, so I'm just going to go back to the Mishnah on Nun Zayinam Babes and read the last few lines quickly, you don't have to follow, but it says, Hayovam eno truma. The Yovam does not enable his Shomeris Yovam to eat Truma. She, she, she was married to his brother, his brother died, now she's can't eat Truma anymore, even though she's waiting to do Yibum to another Kohen. Now, remember the whole context of the Mishnah was that if they say, let's get married, they have 12 months to get married. If not, then he has to provide her with food. And the earlier teaching, remember we had two, teaching, two versions, the earlier teaching said he can even provide her with truma. But again, when she's a shomeres yavom, then he doesn't provide her with food anymore. Now with that in mind, it says, if, he did, if she did six months, they passed six months of these 12 months under the husband. Then her husband died. Her Arus died, and now she's fallen in Yibam, and she has six months, she still can't eat Truma. And even if she did the whole year except one day under her husband, so she was one day away from them feeding her Truma. Um, and she did that one day under the Yavam, she can't eat Truma. Or she did all the days under the Yavam. I, her husband died one day after they said, okay, we've got to get married in 12 months. She's not allowed to eat truma. So with that in mind, it says, Well, now that you've told me before the husband she can't, do I even need to mention before the Yovam? Again, the first case was if she's gone most of the year waiting for a wedding with her Oris, and then he dies. The second case is if it was just one day with her husband. Well, if you've already told me that if she has most of the year under her husband and now it's one day, she doesn't have to. She says, what are you coming to teach me? She says, yo, you're right, it's not really necessary. The style of the Mishnah is it's this and I don't even have to teach this. I, no. The halacha is even if she did every day of the year except one day under her husband, she can't eat truma. And obviously, I don't even have to tell you a case where she did one day under the husband and all under the oven that you can't eat truma. Um, just the interesting point, I, was, I, I don't know if I should bring it in here or the next, but this Tosfos I actually bring is going back on the Mishnah. Rashi says, an Arusa, sorry, a girl who's, who's a Yovam is never allowed to eat truma. The difficulty is, I, even if let's say the 12 months passed, so she was eating, remember, according to the earlier teaching, if 12 months passed, that they said, let's get married, 12 months passed, and he doesn't, he provides with food, and he can provide her with truma. That's where Rabbi Tarifon says it can be all truma, and Rabbi gives us half heart, but that's, he can provide her with truma. Now, 
Rashi says she loses if her husband dies, her Oris dies, and now she falls in Yubum, she loses her right to eat Truma. So, the, so that, that's our rationale, which is a little bit difficult in the Mishnah, because um, because the Mishnah says if she did every day except one day under her husband, she's not allowed to eat truma. Implies that if she did the whole year under her husband and it became legal for her to eat truma, then she should be allowed to continue eating truma. Why does the Mishnah say a case that's a little bit vague? So that's a so that's a difficulty in Rashi and Tosos. That's for Rabbeinu Tam says he wants to think, no, once she started that she's allowed to eat truma, then she's continued to allow to eat truma, even though she's a yomim. He says, oh, we bought a pasuk to say that she's not allowed to. That was um, two drashas up. We said, um, truma, my timer, what's the reason a yomim can't enable his wife to eat truma? Kenyan Kaspar, Omar Rahmona, his Kenyan and not his brother's Kenyan. So this is saying he loses it. Pardon? I just don't understand that. The so, so let me just say, so if she loses, so, so Rabbeinu Tam say, but the, so the Pasuk seems to say that, unlike, like Rashi fits in well with the Pasuk, just not so well with the Mishnah, Rabbeinu Tam kind of says, no, that Pasuk's Torah Torah, so she is still under the jurisdiction. She's falling in Yubum to a coin. She was married to a coin. She can continue to eat Shuma. That's, uh, but uh, according to Rashi, she loses that right. Okay, obviously more to discuss, but let's go on. We said Zoom missionary Shoina. Um, we said there was the earlier teaching and the later teaching. The earlier teaching said if she got again, she when her right arrived that she could eat truma. Sorry, to that the husband has to support her. I right, twelve months have passed since the wedding date had to happen, and the husband's still delaying. He now has to support her. He can support her with truma. The Mishnah Chrona, that's what it said, says, no, a woman does not eat truma. The, the latter teaching came along and said, no, we don't ever allow a later basin, obviously, came along and said, no, we never allow a woman to eat truma until she's actually married. So he says, my timer. What's the reason for the latter basin? Why did they ban it? Again, as we explained, the reason is, once the husband has to provide her, once the husband has to provide her with food, the food can be... Uh, um, she, she's, he's going to give her her own fridge and her own place and make sure that he's providing her with food and not the whole family with food. She's putting her bread and her meat and everything in the fridge. The whole family's going to be eating it. So he's going to make sure she has place and therefore it's fine to give her truma. So what's the reason that the later basin came along and said, no, we're not happy? She mixes it up. Well, it's... Uh, that obviously, she's got to be a bit... That was, the, that was the concern when she's receiving it and eating with her siblings. But now yeah. she's eating... Independently, so we don't have that concern, at least to the same degree. So he says, My time is so Omar Ula, the time of Shmuba Yehuda, Ula said, and some says, Shmuba Yehuda, Mishum Simpun. He's still scared that he will cancel the marriage, he will find a defect and cancel the marriage. Oh, Bishlaim Ula, this makes a lot of sense to Ula. I again, the missionary Shoina said she can eat, be given truma, and the Mishnah Chorina says she can't. Why? The earlier teaching, the concern is that she will share, she'll be poured a glass of wine and share it with her siblings. Whereas, and, and therefore, once the 12 months have been and he's providing her food, she's going to have her own place to eat and her own fridge as well. She's not going to be sharing with them. Well, Vashraisa, Mishum Simpun, and Vashraisa now says, okay, well, there's still the concern of Simpun. What changed? What, um, 
right? Uh, yeah, what's the difference between the first case, the earlier Mishnah that they said, no, it's fine to give a truma, and then the second, the later Basin came along and said, no, it's not fine to give a truma. Rashi explains it as follows. It's the second, uh, third line from the top of the page of Rashi. It says, My Benayu. It says, Kolomar, Ma ro'u rishoyinim lahatiram ishigizman va'elech, o ma ro'u achroyinim lomar ad shetikonez luchupa. What did the first Beisdin see that they permitted it once the 12 months were up, the time came that the husband had to support her? And what did the latter Beisdin see that changed and said, no, only until chup, only once she's entered chupa. So, ikibeneu bedikas chutz, ma'asawa bedikas chutz, shvei bediko, ma'asawa bedikas chutz, loishmei bedika. The question is, what about an, what's he calls it an external check. But Rashi explains, external check here means by his relatives. Uh, if his relatives check her for defects, is that a good enough check or not? To say that there's no more simple. According to the one opinion, the earlier base in it is a good enough check. And therefore, there's not going to be simpun, and she can eat. Whereas the latter basin says we don't rely on it. And the thing why, Shema Bedika, Umasawa Bedika's Chutz Law, Shmei Bedika. It's not considered a good Bedika. Yeah. So again, oh, so yeah, and Rashi adds, because before he provides, remember here he's now the 12 months are up, they're supposed to be married, he's delaying a bit more, he has to provide her with food. He's not going to start providing her with food by spending the money unless he's confident he's going to marry her. So he's going to get relatives to check that she doesn't have defects. Whereas the latter basin says it's not a good enough check and therefore we can't rely on it. Okay, it's only when they're in Yechut together. Let's go on to the next mission. Now just um, two points to be aware of in the mission is we know that a husband is high of in his wife's mazonas, he's obligated to support her and we learn that in exchange for that she gets she has to give him her earnings now we're going to see later on she's expected to make five slime worth of wool I, she can't just say well I'm going to live off my husband she has to actually, actually has to earn a little bit and any so, so that's the Mazonas, and exchange for that, she has he has to support her, and exchange for that, she has to give him her salary, um, or at least work for that five sloim. Anything she makes above that five sloim, I now that's not really what's due to her husband anymore, is called moisar, and generally the husband would give her a moor kesef. I don't get a chance to look how much that is, but it's one hundredth I think of a silver coin, a moor kesef. But actually I don't remember what it is, a moor kesef for, I don't know, discretionary expenses. Uh, you get your mazonas, here's your food budget and allowance, and here's another few hundred rand for um, discretionary. And, it's, and, it's, and in exchange for that more kesef, that spending money he gives her, she gets, she has to give him the moisar as well. Uh, not only the five slime worth of wool that she made, but anything over and above that, she would also have to give him. Yeah. So now, according to Rashi, we are discussing those two aspects. What happens if a man sanctifies, I donates to the temple what his wife earns? She can continue working and eat it. It's not his, because it seems you have to fill in here, because she can say, I don't want his support, and I'll keep my salary. He's a very uh, what, a competitive couple. 
he's a CEO, she's a CEO, she says his salary is not a touch on mine, or he's a, he's a whatever, has some business, I'm a fancy CEO of a big company, I'm raking it in, I don't need his support, and I'm not paying him my salary. That's fine. So, so that's the first one. Sorry, I skipped a few lines. So it's Hamoisa regarding the extra. Remember, we said there's two Takonas at play here. There's the Takona of Mazonas that he has to support her, and in exchange, he has to give her, she has to give him her earnings. And the second Takona is what what she earns over and above the basics that she has to kind of give her husband in in exchange for the Mazonas. Anything above that. So again, Hamoisa, Rabbi Meir says if the husband says it's Hegdesh, it becomes Hegdesh. Rabbi Yochanan Hassan lo Omer Chulin, Rabbi Yochanan ben Hassan says it's still Chulin. Until he actually receives it, it's not sanctified, it's not considered the husband's. Part of it is you can't sanctify something that's not yours. Okay, but well, most of it will become fleshed out in the Gemara. So the first point, Omar Avhuna, Omar Rav. Avhuna said in the name of Rav, Yechoi le'isha lo'ime le'bala, aini nizonis ha'ina isa. Ba'ini oisa. Ravuna says that a woman is... <coughs> able to say to her husband, I do not want to be supported, and I am not working for you, I'm not giving you my salary. He holds that when the Rabbana made the institution, it's the, the Mazoinus is the Ikar, the essence. Why? They wanted to make sure that the woman was supported. But because of Ava, if she's going to be supported by her husband, and she's going to earn all her own money and keep her own money, it's going to cause a little bit of animosity. The husband's going to say, can't you contribute to the household a bit? Look, I pay X on your food, X on your medical expenses. I'm paying all these expenses. Can you, and you're earning a nice salary. Can't you share? So that's the Ava. So Bishum Ava, they said she must give him his salary. But therefore, it's all. Therefore, since it was all done for her to make sure she's supported, um, she has permission to say, well, it's done for me. I don't want it. It's not a good solution for me. So again, when Chazal came along and instituted that a husband has to support his wife, they wanted to make sure she was safe. But in response, because the husband might get jealous if she's earning, she's building this whole huge saving account and investment and everything because she's got her own salary, they said it's going to cause animosity between them. She must give him her earnings in exchange. But since it was all done for her, she can cancel it. Interesting, you can almost uh, debate and say, I'm doing Baba Kama and this is actually this exact piece was mentioned there. Um, I did it yesterday with my students, but they were like, they, they were, um, we discussed a little bit of how the Ksuba works and uh, the contract and what the husband owes the wife and his responsibilities. And they were very disturbed by the common thing we find is that the husband sits and lives in Kolo the whole day and the wife supports. She can say, I don't, I'm not getting my support and therefore I'm keeping my earnings theoretically according to that. Um, but that's uh, just uh, something uh, interesting that nowadays in society it sometimes seems the opposite. That's the wife supporting the husband or maybe the father-in-law. So that's it. So the wife's allowed to say, look, I don't want the support and I don't have to give him. Now, Macy challenges this. It says, The Mishnah says that they instituted, the Bryce says they instituted Mazoinus in place for her earnings. It sounds like the earnings are what has to give to her husband, and in place for that, she has to. It sounds the opposite way around. Says no, actually edit, amended to say that they instituted that she has to pay her husband's earnings in place that she receives support. But if she says I don't want the support, she doesn't have to. Let's. I think I can bring a proof from our Mishnah as a support for Ravuna. 
Again, Rav Huna is the one who says that the Ikar, the Chazal, did it to protect her. They said the husband has to support her. And then just because of animosity, she can refuse. Uh, sorry, she has to give him her earnings. But since it was all done for her, she can refuse the Takona in the first place. So, so a support for that. He says, Now, if a husband sanctifies, uh, sorry, sanctifies, this is our Mishnah, sanctifies his wife's earnings, she can continue to earn and eat it. Now, it says, My love, it must be where, literally where she is supported. But here it doesn't mean that she is supported. It means that the husband could support her, but she says, I don't, it's, but she says, I don't want it. I, it is not her husband's. We see that she can say, again, it's where the husband could support her, but he's not supporting her. And then, oh, but doesn't she have to give her earnings to her husband and therefore it should be considered his and sanctified? No, a woman's allowed to say, I don't want his support. So that would be the case here. says, No, the case is where the husband can't afford to support her. Because maybe you could say, If the husband could support her, then he has to, and she has to give him her earnings. But here we're discussing a case where the husband can't support her. Oh, but the one says, What do you mean she, he can't afford to support her? He says, this that a master is allowed to sell, tell his slave, you know, you work for me and I'm not supporting you. He says, oh, what am I going to eat? Make a plan. <laughs> work after hours. Says, That's with the Eved Kanani, the like Siv Imcho, because that doesn't say Imcho. Aval Eved Ivri, the Siv Imcho. But an Eved Ivri, it says, with you, he must live with you. That's the famous Drosha. Having an Eved Ivri is actually a huge responsibility. You, make sure he, you have to make sure his bed is as comfortable as you, as yours. His food is as good as yours, etc. Having an Eved Ivri is a huge responsibility. It says, law. So he's not allowed to make the, tell the Eved Ivri, you work for me and you find your own support. With the Eved Ivri, as it says, culture can ishta, so how much more so his wife? He can't tell his wife, you know what, you work for me, you pay me your salary, and oh, you want some food and you want uh, Parnassah, go make a, make a plan. He can't, he definitely can't do that to his wife. So again, so if the Mishnah is discussing a case where the husband can't support his wife, obviously she doesn't have to work and pay him the money. That's totally unreasonable. So that can't be pshat in the Mishnah. So the Gomorrah explains it slightly differently. It says, no. Basically, it could be the mission is where the husband can't support his wife. Oh, but then isn't it obvious that she doesn't have to give him his earnings and it shouldn't become hegdesh? So he says, the whole purpose is for the second part of the Mishnah. Moisar, regarding the additional amount, the amount she earns over and above what she needs for support. Rabbi Meir says it becomes hegdesh. Okay. And Rabbi Yochanan Asanda says it's chulin. Aye, even where he can't support her, he can't provide for her needs, anything she earns over and above her needs, she would still have to give to her husband, according to Rabbi Meir. Interesting, the, the, the view of the finances, according to the Torah law, is quite interesting. It's basically, theoretically, everything belongs to the husband, like everything built in the marriage. Except he has to support her. Okay, if he's not supporting her, then she supports herself. But again, anything she's earning over and above the support, she would have to contribute. Yeah, she would have to give to her husband. And therefore, anything she's earning over and above is her husband's, and he can sanctify it. So our Mishnah doesn't tell us either way in that. But so that's again Rav Huna, who holds that a, the Takona is for the woman, so that she's supported, 
and then just to prevent animosity, if she's being supported by her husband, she has to give him her earnings. But she can, since it's for her benefit, she can say, I don't want the takana and I'll keep my salary. We'll play good Reish Lakish. That's arguing on Reish Lakish. Amar Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish says, Loi time, a 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 time. Firstly, don't say that the reason behind Rebbe May is that a person can sanctify something that is not yet in existence. Again, this Moisari, he's saying that what my wife will earn, I'm going to give the additional amount to the Beis Amigdash. Don't say that Rebbe May holds that, oh, that works because it will come to him in the future, even though it's not yet in existence. He will lie. The reason behind Rabbi Meir is because he can force her to give him her salary. And therefore it says, if he said, your, the, pro, the products of your hand should be sanctified. Everything you have. I, Rish Lokish, learns that her husband can force his wife to give her earnings. It's not like Rav Huna said that it's for the wife that he supported and therefore she should, in, in exchange for support, give him his salary. As Lokish holds, the husband can force the wife to give. Therefore, he can say anything she's making, her hand sanctify. And it's done at devo- given to the temple. There's, but the Mishnah doesn't say this. The Mishnah doesn't say Sorry, the says The additional amount she earns, Rebbe Meir says, becomes hegdesh. It should say regarding hamoisa or regarding the the mezonos, or sorry, or, or regarding masa yodei ishto. It should say what her hands make. Sorry, or sorry, her hands have been sanctified. It should yeah again. It shouldn't say. He takes what he earns and sanctifies it. All her earnings become sanctified. So it's not v'hol amar. So that's what the Gemara's question is. No, kivain d'shmei ina leila rebi meyer to amar ein adam moitzi dvorav levatol and asik ha'imelo yagdish yodecholo osayhem. Since we learn, according to Rebbe Meir, he says a person never says something for nothing. It's as if he said her hands should be what her hands produce should be hegdish. A very interesting. What are we saying? Rabbi Meir says, if someone says something, even if it doesn't make 100% sense, if there's a way to interpret it as reasonable, we assume that's what he meant. A person's not going to, a, a husband's not going to stand up and say, what my wife, the, what my wife produced, I'm going to sanctify to the base Amidash, because that's not genuine existence. It can't come into this. So, so when he says that, that's obviously not what he meant. What he meant is basically, I'm making her hands kadosh. I anything she does with her hands becomes kadosh. That's what he meant, and that's how it would work. Now the Gemara just says, so that's how we're learning Reish Lakish at the moment, and how we would fit in with the Mishnah. It says, that Rabbi Meir really hold that you can't sanctify something that is not yet in existence. I, are you able to affect a transaction on something that? the transaction con- not, is not yet available for that transaction. That's what we're basically saying. If, before that you can't. Well, so, so we'll, we've just said that Rebbe Meir says you can't. The Gemara says, what? You say, you're telling me Rebbe Meir says you can't. For hot time, we learned in the If a man says to a woman, after you convert, you'll be married to me, or after I convert, you'll be married to me. Again, that's a transaction that's not 
in existence. A man or a woman who's not Jewish can't perform kiddushin with a Jew. So it's not in ex- the, the possibility of the Kenyan is not in existence. It says, Or after you are, f- as the, he goes to a slave, he says, After you freed, or after I'm freed, a slave goes to a Jewish woman. After your husband dies, I, you're a married woman, I can't marry you. Here's a ring for when your husband dies, then we married. Or I can't marry you because um, I was married to your sister. Or when your sister has a ring and kiddushin for when your sister dies. After your Yavam dies, Chalitza. Rabbi Meir says in all these cases they married. Uh, you can affect the Kenyan for something on the future, even though it's not yet in existence. So the Gemara says, Yeah, may I he from that price uh, in? You can see that Rabbi Meir holds Lord Bar. You can't learn it from. And what we're saying is very interesting. The Gemara is saying, you're right. Rabbi Meir does hold um, um, you can be Magdish or you can perform a Kenyan on something that not, that's not yet in existence. Rabbi Meir holds you can. And it does take effect. Oh, but our Mishnah says, but Reish Lokish says, don't say that Rabbi Meir says that. I, Rabbi Meir, does not hold that. He's saying, no, what Reish Lokish is saying is, you can't learn that from our Mishnah. He says, I'm not commenting on what Rabbi Meir actually holds. I'm just saying you can't learn that from our Mishnah, because our Mishnah could be a case where he basically sanctified her hands, as, about, as, as opposed to sanctifying the product she will make in the future. But it comes out at the end of the day, yeah, according to Rebbe Meyer, she can act, he can actually sanctify the product that he makes in the future. Okay, and I think let's leave it here for today. Have a very good Shabbat.